Hallelujah. Well, good morning again. Thank you so much for just uh, entering into worship with me. Worship is 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 like the most important thing to me. Um, and people try to get me to do stuff, and and really, it's all about worship. It's all about His presence, and it's all about encountering Him. That's my life. That's my desire. That's my goal. Um, you know, I have a sign up here. It says "Walk by Faith." Um, and and the thing is, and the best part about that one is, is that uh, we have to walk by faith in order to encounter Him every day. God is, He says in uh, Hebrews eleven six, that without faith it's impossible to please Him. But we must believe that He is, and that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Wow! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Uh, as we left off yesterday in Song of Songs, uh, we're starting chapter 6. But just to let you know, the brides-to-be are amazed that this woman, this Shulamite, is, is still pursuing him, even though she's gone through such incredible torture through the people of God. The people that weren't supposed to, um, that were supposed to protect her, actually uh, hurt her, bruised her up, beat her up. In the process, and we get that sometimes, uh, like literally almost on a daily basis uh, from people in the church. Uh, you know, one of the criticisms about the church um, in general, uh, Christians in general, that I have heard from uh, from all sides, from um, believers, from uh, from uh, Muslims, from uh, um, people I know that are involved in uh, in Hinduism, they all say that the Christians. Uh, always beat each other up and they don't uh, emotionally beat each other up and they don't have time to, uh, to to bless them. And the Bible says, bless and do not curse, right? So anyway, so we pick this up where they say, to, they say to her, hey, listen, why do you go after this guy? I'm sure there's other people. And she says, he is steadfast in all he does. And she lists all these things that the king is to her, even though she's pushed him away twice already. Go up to the mountain, I'll meet you later. Or uh, I already got my, my clothes on, I can't get out of bed right now. Um, and then they come to chapter 6. The last verse of chapter 5, the last thing she says is, I, my, He is my, uh, my beloved, and now he is my beloved, my, for, my friend forever. And then in uh, chapter 6, the brides-to-be start out, and they say, O rarest of beauty, where then has your lover gone? Remember in chapter 1, where she says, uh, you know, where do you lead your lovers? And he goes, follow in my footsteps, and you'll find where I lead my, my lovers, right? He says, we long to see him too. Where may we find him? We will follow you as you seek after him. And then she responds, my lover has gone down into his garden of delight, the place where his spices grow to feast with those pure in heart. I know we will find him there. He is within me. I am his garden of delight. I have him fully, and now he fully has me. I want to I wanna stop here for a second. This chapter begins the restoration of this woman uh, back to her lover. Back, the, the, this restoration, this, the, the, this time where she, she wandered away, and now she found him, and then she's coming back. Okay, and, 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 she, and she's leaving, forsaking all to come to him. Catherine Coleman had this, uh, had this experience. Um, where she says that she knew the place while she was alive, she would preach, and she goes, she knows the day, she knows the hour, she knows the spot. I know the day, I know the hour, I know the spot where I gave my life to Jesus. The North Caldwell, uh, um, the yeah, the North Caldwell um, 
Alliance Church, Christian and Missionary Alliance Church, in the basement uh, while they were there. I remember at 8.28 in the, in the evening, after eating hamburgers and hot dogs after a softball game, I gave my life to Jesus August 4th, 1973. I can point you to the spot. I can point you to the, to the time of day. I, I, I know the hour. Okay? This is what she said. She says this. Her devotion to him um, makes these brides-to-be want to become part of him, want to be a part with him as well. Not to, not to you know, uh, you know in, in the purest sense, not to be married to him, but, but how can somebody grab this woman's emotions like this man does? We will follow you as you seek after him. I want to read this um, in chapter 1. Whoa, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. You can light it up. You, can... I just love that song, by the way. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa, um, thank you, Jesus. You're so good. So good. Thank you, Jesus. Where do you lead your lovers? Well, I can't find it right now, but I'll find it later. Um, Anyway, so we're, 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 you know, following, follow after my footsteps, he tells her. And he says, um, where then has your lover gone? Let's go and we're going to follow you. And then she says, my lover has gone down to his garden of delight. And then she says this in verse three, he is within me. I am his garden of delight. I have him fully and now he fully has me. And I keep using this. My friend, uh, Tanil Jane, who's down in uh, Malawi, um, just, you know, she's being a missionary. What, what she's doing is she's building schools. She's helping the people out. As God provides the money, she brings people to the hospital. Uh, she, 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 she schools them. She pays for some of their schooling. They have to meet some requirements. But uh, she does that. This is what she told me. She said that when she was 31 years, when she was 11 years old, she gave her life to Jesus. She asked Jesus to come into your heart. Okay. And, 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 and for her, that was the, I have him fully. When you give your life to Jesus, you have all of Jesus inside of you. Okay. And then he's, then the woman says this, the Shulamite says this, and now he fully has me. And then we read in Ephesians that, that, uh, you know, that we can be in Christ. We come inside of Christ. We are in Christ, and he is in us. Okay, so she said that when she was 31, she, um, uh, she asked if she could live in Jesus. And, and, and then she fully gave her life to him. And, uh, and it stirred my heart when she said that. He, see, he responds in verse 4. Wow. Oh, my beloved, you are lovely. When I see you in your beauty, I see a radiant city where he will dwell as one. More, more delightful, uh, more pleasing than any pleasure, more delightful than any delight. You have ravished my heart, stealing away my strength to resist you. Even hosts of angels stand in awe of you. Turn your eyes from me. I can't take it anymore. I can't resist the passion of these eyes that I adore. Overpowered by a glance, my ravished heart, undone, held captive, by your love, I am truly overcome. For your undying devotion, devotion to me is my most yielded sacrifice. 
He sees her in verse 4 as a radiant city where we will dwell as one. Okay? It, it, it's a ref, reference to Jerusalem. It is the city where God and man live together. You know, the, the, the city of peace, this Jerusalem, okay, is, is where they get the name. For the believer, it points to the new Jerusalem where God and man dwell in holy, in, in holy communion or holy unity or entwined together. That this new Jerusalem that is coming, okay, that, that she, when he sees her in her beauty, he sees a radiant city, not just a city, but a, but a radiating city. And then, you know, like in Genesis, he says, and the two become one flesh. Okay. Next, he said, even the hosts of angels stand in awe of you. Later, he, he says, more pleasing, like she's more pleasing than any pleasure, more delightful than any delight. I got to ask you. You know, what is the thing that brings you to more pleasure than any pleasure? That's your passion. It brings you more pleasure than any pleasure. It says, stealing away my strength to resist you. <laughs> Imagine God looking at you. Now, now, close your eyes for a second. Okay? God's looking at you and he says, you have ravished my heart. You have stolen away my heart. I, I can't resist you anymore. Imagine God saying that to you right now. And he is. He's saying, I, you have ravished me. I am undone by you. You, my bride, have ravished my heart. You stole away my strength. I can't resist you anymore. Even the hosts of angels stand in awe of you. Imagine the angelic just standing around you with banners. Uh, you know, uh, almost like the, this army with their standards and, you know, and, 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 and they're waving these banners. They're standing in awe. All creation bows as you walk by as one with the king. You'll get that sometimes. It says all creation is groaning for the revealing of the, of, the, of the sons of God. Turn your eyes from me. I can't take it anymore. I can't resist the passion of these eyes that I adore. Turn away from me. I'm like God is saying, don't look at me anymore. I can't resist those eyes of passion. God has a passion for you and his eyes are toward you and he wants you and he loves you. We, we, you know, many times, and I had this when I, when I was uh, first, when I, when I was saved back in 73 in those early years, um, you know, people started saying, you know, I had this image of God as being this aloof God who, who really didn't have a care for people. He didn't love people. What he did was he scorned people. He pushed them aside. He had this beard and, and long flowing hair and this robe. And he's sitting on his throne and he was a sourpuss. And he didn't want anything to do with you. If you read the Song of Songs, you can't get that image of God. You can't get the image of God. That is a stoic, 
self-centered, judgmental God. He is awestruck. He is ravished by your love. He can't resist the passion of those eyes. When you look at him face to face, he can't, um, he, he can't resist that passion. He's overpowered by a glance. His ravished heart is undone. God is undone by you. Oh, I mean, just imagine God just going, oh, I just can't take anymore. He is held captive by your love. Did you know that you can hold God captive? He's held captive by your love. And then he says he is truly overcome. This word overcome is Rahab. It's like the harlot uh, who was chosen, uh, like Rahab, um, uh, that was chosen and favored, uh, you know, during Jericho. Remember, she had to have that scarlet ribbon hanging out, okay? The Hebrew word for overcome here is Rahab or Rahab, okay? And it's included, and, and, and this woman, Rahab, was included in the genealogy of Jesus. So, so you have Rahabed his heart. You have overcome his heart. This woman is so honored, and no one would have thought a prostitute would end up being honored. You have overcome many things, but to overcome him is love's delight. We keep praying, God. We pray, dear God. You know, I'm overcoming evil. Yeah, well, that's great. But God is overcome by you. God is overwhelmed by you. He's overcome by you, and, and, and you overcome him, and that is his love's delight. He delights in being overcome by you. Your undying love is the most yielded sacrifice, okay? Literally translated, it just says, uh, your hair is like a wave of goats streaming down Mount Gilead, and this picture of the hair, you know, you, you've seen many of the Orthodox Jews with long flowing hair, that, that's a sign of devotion to God. And this devotion, it, it's a most yielded sacrifice. What do you have to yield today? What is it that you need to get rid of today to yield to him as a sacrifice, as he is ravished by you, as he is overwhelmed and overcome by you? What is it? You know, I, if I could just get this into your heart today, <clears throat> how much God really feels about you. He's not pushing you away. He's not, he's, he's not, he's not making you be, uh, you know, he's not being, he's not being stoic. He's not being aloof. He's drawing you in, whether people come with you or not, whether people around you are coming with you or not. That's not the point. You can leave them behind. God will take care of them. Your thing is that you overcome him. You ravish his heart. He is undone by you. If, and, and I believe this, that if men would have this same passion for their wives as Jesus has for the church, that's what he's talking about in Ephesians chapter 5. You know, I'm going to go here. Yeah, I do have a failed marriage. I don't have a problem with, you know, sharing that. I, I made mistakes along the way. And I, and I will say this, that if I had done what, <clears throat> what I was required to do in the Lord, I, I, wouldn't, be in this, I wouldn't be divorced right now. And to the husbands, 
you are to demonstrate love for your wives with the same tender devotion that Christ demonstrated to us, his bride. For he died for us, sacrificing himself to make us holy and pure and cleansing us through the showering of the pure water of the word of God. So let's go back here. That's Ephesians 5. Listen to me, men. <clears throat> Stop wandering your eyes. Go get, you know, go get your wife and lavish upon her. Let her ravish your heart. What the passion that a woman can give a man that, that loves her un, unconditionally, devoted totally to her. I, I recommend getting the Song of Songs and just reading this to your spouse. You can take your turns. The husband reading the bridegroom and the woman reading the bride parts. But if you ever look at her and say, you are lovely. When I see you in your beauty, I see this radiant city. You are more pleasing than any pleasure, more delightful than any delight. You have ravished my heart. Not the neighbor down the street. Not the sporting event. Not my favorite sports team. Not that, that, that cutie little gal that walks by. You, my bride, have ravished my heart. That's what God's saying to you. God is not undone by the distractions and the distorted images of other things. God is ravished. He's undone. He's held captive. Boy, if I could do it all over again. <laughs> anyway. The shining of your spirit, verse 6, shows how you have taken my truth and become balanced and complete. Has anybody ever told you, ever, that you glow with the presence of the Lord? That's what he's talking about. Your spirit starts to shine, and then you glow. I get people telling me I glow all the time, and I think it's because of my bald head, but that's another story. <clears throat> that word spirit there, um, most translations use teeth. Uh, it's the Hebrew, uh, the Hebrew root word uh, that, that some believe means uh, white or shining. Um, and your teeth, as you chew on the word of God or as you meditate on the word of God with it, you know, and chewing it over to get everything about it. He says, he says, my truth to be to become balanced and complete. You become balanced and complete when you are a, a, a friend of the word of God. When you meditate in his word day and night. You will be like a tree planted by the living waters. Yields its fruit in its season. Leaf does not wither. And whatever you do, you will prosper. Uh, because of time, we're going to end there. But, um, you know, I just want you to just get this image of God today. That he loves, loves you unconditionally. And he's devoted to you. You have captured his heart. You have captivated him. He is captivated by your love. He is captivated by those passionate eyes that you have in devotion and worship. Totally captivated by you. Get that image in your head. God is amazing. I'm glad that I've learned all this stuff now. I mean, you know, whatever happens, you know, you get to know how to do it. You know, they never teach you this. In, 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 in husband class, 
You don't get a book that says, oh, this is how you need to treat your wife. Here's the book, Song of Songs. Find out what he does. And men, I want to say this too. If you're not happy with how your wife is acting, it's on you. It's not on her. The Bible says that we prepare for ourselves a bride without spot or wrinkle. God is preparing for himself a bride without spot or wrinkle. You prepare your wife. You prepare her as, 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 a, as a gourmet chef would prepare his food and prepare. You have to do that. Be like Jesus to her, okay? Anyway, we'll stop there. But I just wanted to, to, to share a few things and, and thank you for allowing me to share my heart. I'm not being hard on anybody. And if you've made mistakes, it's okay. Like God is a God of the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chance. This is what this chapter is all about, giving her another chance. God is all about the second chance. Let's do it again. Okay, we, we, you know, we, we missed it. And I always get that picture uh, of, of, of uh, the, the talents. You know, he gave one guy five, he gave another two, he gave another one. And, um, and, and one said, oh, I went out and I got you five more. And then the other one, I, I went out and I got you two more. And then the one says, well, I know you're a hard man and you, and you reap where you do not sow. So I went and I hid this in the field. So here's your money back. And, I, and, I often, and he says, you wicked and lazy slave. To the other ones, he says, well done, my good and faithful slaves. Now he says to this one, wicked and lazy and I will often wonder what would have happened if the man had, uh, had gone out and lost that one. He, he tried to invest it and he lost it. What would have happened to him? I believe this, that, that, the, that the master would have said, hey, listen, you tried. I appreciate you trying. And, and that's really, really good. But, um, you know, OK, you, you failed. Here, have another one. Let's try it again. I'll teach you how to do this. So if you missed it, ask God for help and he'll take you there. Okay, wives, and, I, and, and you know, you got to love him, man. You have to, you know, love your husbands. If, you know, if you're divorced, it's not, a, it's not a curse on you. You know, God's a little bigger. The blood of Jesus is a little bigger than our mistakes. You know, regardless of the reason why you're divorced, it doesn't matter. You know, there, there are narcissistic men. There are narcissistic women. There are controlling people out there. I get that. Okay? But hear, hear what I'm saying here. That, that in spite of all of that, in spite of all of that, you have him. And he'll show you how to do it right. You know, I, and I get the, the domestic violence. Get out of that situation if you can. You know, divorce is not bigger than God. It's not the unforgivable sin. I'm saying this as a divorced man who, who walked through a lot of stuff, man. Disqualified, I felt disqualified. I felt, uh, you know, not able to do it. Couldn't move on anymore until somebody said, no, you can still go. God loves you. He cares. He'll take you. Anyway, that's a little long. It's a little aside. You're going to make it, you know. So thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Oh, Holy Spirit, just come. Yeah, there's somebody that's watching. I don't know if you're watching it live or or you're watching it later, but I feel like discouragement. You know, you feel like you're unqualified or disqualified. And you're discouraged about it because you love him so much and you want to serve him, but you feel like you have nothing to give. 
You know, I'm, I'm here to tell you that he, 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 he loves you. His callings are without repentance. If you need to repent, you know what to do. Just do it. But he's not going to forsake you. He's not going to leave you. And understand how much you ravish his heart. You ravish his heart. Anyway, God bless you guys. Have a great day. Um, this is going to be a great weekend. We're going to have some rain here in Reading coming up today. Uh, Sunday, you know, we're going to be doing some worship up at the dam. Um, so anyway, God bless you guys. You have a great day and we'll talk to you next time.